Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast with me, Luke Tyrrell, and as always, co-founder of the Six Pointer Podcast, Mr. Richard Thomas. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Um, top of the league, Liverpool. Liverpool top of the league. <laughs> Two games in, but don't, don't let it take it away no, from you. Mate, right, you know, I mean, it's um, any time you're top of the league, you've got to embrace it and, and enjoy it. Enjoy it well. <laughs> enjoy the ride, mate. That's what it's all about. It's easy. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and this, uh, there's, there's certainly a lot of football to go uh, to go still and. Uh, a hell of a lot happened at the weekend and no I think unfortunately or fortunately or whatever you want to call it, um one of the, the key topics was coming out of the Man City two Tottenham two game, which was VAR it was almost like a a a, a rerun of, of the Champions League semi final with the with the, the injury time goal being um being disallowed. I mean it was it was it was unbelievable, wasn't it? And uh, something like that can happen twice. In such a short space of time, at the same like injury time as well. I same mean, team, I'm yes. not gonna lie, I loved it, man. Because I was, I was like watching that, and I was thought, you know, City. To be honest, City clearly deserved to win. They battered Tottenham. I don't oh. know how Tottenham actually got away with a point, but they were, um, they were. City were very impressive. Yeah, they? City. Yeah, I mean, they were ridiculously good. Unbelievably good team. You know, yeah. I think what what is not even highlighted enough is that the work they do off the ball. Like they, yeah. they worked yeah. so hard to get that ball back and. Um, they dominated Tottenham, but going back to that VAR call, um, like I said, I loved it, but if it was my team, I would have felt hard done by it. I, I think a lot of people are like saying, oh, VAR, VAR, but it's not VAR, it's the rules. That's, the, that's what it is, but it's obviously, I think, what, what, what one of the problems is, 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 the, yeah, is that the rule is being followed so stringently with that, that handball, whereas really, I mean, a bit of common sense referee needs to come into play there and it doesn't need to be black and white. Football's always got grey areas and that's why it makes, makes, makes the, the, the debate and the conversation the reason me and you are sitting here right now, isn't it? Yeah, I think that, that, well, that's what it is. I mean, you can't blame, I don't think you can blame the, you know, any, any referee or anyone looking at that because the, the, the rule is now, if the ball hits your hand, mm. it's that's a handball. It. That's it. And it's yeah. it. And, um, right or wrong, I mean, I think everyone was um, sort of demanding that decisions be like you know decisions uh, yeah. were sort of cut and dry. Yeah, cut and dry kind of thing. So there's there's no sort of like you know if you're offside you're offside. But mm. if you if you want this type of um, everyone wanted VAR to get decisions right, and this is you know this is what you're gonna get. It's not gonna be a total smooth process. No. Um, like you say, common sense. I think. That is like he wasn't even looking. It wasn't no, but there wasn't no. Um, what can I say? Intent. He, yeah, there was no intent for him to try and. Have, I mean, that that would have been. That, that that I guess that's subjective, isn't it? I mean, because the referees then sort of being told that you've got a sort of uh, judge it, judge judge intent, which is very difficult to do. I mean, with you know twenty two players on the pitch, and, and you know you can't know every one of them inside out to know what they're thinking yeah. at the moment. So it's, it's it's difficult. So I understand it, but yeah, I think f- from my point of view, I mean, this is something I experienced the first game of the season, Palace Everton, the the nil nil. Um, we had a VAR check probably about half hour into the game um, and one thing I would say is that I, I've said this to you before Rich I know that my fear always was that VAR and, and these other developments that, that we're seeing um, in, in sort of the, the game is all, all geared towards the the oh, I don't mean it's disrespectfully, but the armchair fan arm the person. A TV audience, hundred yeah. percent. Because then they they get explained to them, you know what what's happening. This that, and the other. I I was standing there back of the Holmesdale, uh, half an hour in. All of a sudden, I see the big screen comes up, VAR red card check, 
and there'd not been a challenge that anyone could see with a B red card. There was there was nothing whatsoever, sort of thing, and it wasn't communicated. And then it, then it just said VAR, no red card. And everyone's just turning around looking at each other, thinking, what, 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 what's going on here? Like uh, if you were watching it on the TV, you it would have been, oh, Luka Milivojevic, there was a high foot, so there was a VAR check, and this whatever. But for for, for twenty six thousand people inside the stadium, no one knew what the, no one knew yeah. what was going on. You know, yeah, was... and I, I think that's the biggest thing. I think the the VAR is, um, you know. From just a lot of things that I'm seeing, it's sort of messing up the, the fans' experience at the actual game because yeah. there is nothing communicated. If you're on, if you're watching it on TV, obviously you've got the commentator, mm. you've got like replays where they're showing that there was an incident. But if you're in the ground, it must be like, must be just a wind up. You're like really thinking, what the hell is going on? Well, also, I mean, also, I mean obviously it happened. Previous, we had situations where fans would be celebrating a goal and be held up to offside or whatever, something happened, you know, sort of thing. But I think obviously timing's key in this, isn't it? Because, you know, you had well, we had an instance at Brighton, didn't we, at, at, at the weekend where Trossard, who eventually scored a, a really good goal, had his first one chalked off. Um, and obviously fans would be celebrating and then all of a sudden, you know, 30 seconds later, you're told, oh, no, it's not a goal, it's a free kick. Carries on, and you're sort of like, well, are you going to get to a point where those fans have that in the back of their mind whenever the ball hits the back of the net... Should I celebrate or should I wait 30 seconds before I go mental? It's it's true. I mean, that's the thing about it. I think uh, that's why they're saying it's going to kill the sort of like, you know, like you say, the joyous celebration. Spontaneity of the game, yeah. Yeah, because you might get in, like you say, the back of the. Uh, fans' minds mm. think maybe we shouldn't celebrate yet. I mean, it was, there was a couple of instances in the Super Cup final actually. Mm. Um, don't know if you watched it, but I saw the highlights. Yeah, Mason Mount scored a goal from offside position uh, where he's been put through, but the other linesmen are told now not to raise your flag unless you're 100% sure. No. And then they get in the air about maybe 15 seconds later that mm. the, the player was offside. But Mount scored a goal. Um, that Pulisic scored a goal very similar where it's inches. Like, I wouldn't say inches, actually. Some of them were... But it's tight. One, yeah, it was tight. And um, it, it's a bit of a... It's just going to take some fine-tuning, but, you know, the biggest thing is a lot of people ask for this VAR mm. and basically you have to suck it up and take it. I mean, not, I, think, I feel sorry for the, you know, fans in the stadium because I think there's... I don't think there's going to be many ways of them being able to um, make that better. Well, they, they they say they 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 said that what they're going to do is is put it on the big screen. Um, I mean, we didn't see the challenge, and even if you do, I mean, to see one challenge on the big screen, like some some people can't even see that, you know, initially in glass and things like that. And also, the other game, the other the stadiums where they don't, I don't have big screens. So, Man United, Liverpool, for example, they're going to make PA yeah. PA announcements. But however, that PA announcement is not going to be able to describe in detail enough you know what what is actually going on uh, yeah. it's just going to have to be be a road card check and you're still going to have the situation where fans in the stadium in the cop are going to turn around going what, what for what, what's going yeah. on you know I, it's, it's almost sort of removing the fans from the game it, mm. it feels to me and, and yeah you know I, we, are, we are game week two of the Premier League and we don't need to sort of get too carried away and, and I'm, I'm sure things will get better but there are some sort of um red flags or, or, or sort of concerns that I feel that, that need to be addressed sort of going forward yeah I, I think it's going to take some fine tuning I think um, a lot of teams you know sort of especially teams maybe that got relegated they might have complained you know in the past about you know if this decision didn't go against them three <laughs> points here two points here but the truth of it is I think football has always been a spontaneous game where 
I believe to a certain extent some of the mistakes um, kind of make the game. It's a hundred, you know, hundred miles per hour game. I think it's really? like um, why wouldn't why this game's been played for you know hundred years like this? Mm-hmm. Why would all of a sudden? It needs to be changed, but it's the demands that got it changed. That's a, that's the truth of it. And now we're here. You can't really go back. There was there was an interesting bit on the Sunday supplement, um, and if, if anyone missed it, they can they can download the Sunday supplement pop, podcast. So one of the guests was talking about um, they were never for they were never for VA in the first place because they felt that football was without getting too philosophical about it, um, sort of should mirror how life is so sometimes things don't go away that's how football should be because that, that's, 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 that's life that's realistic no, I, I agree with that I agree with that I mean it's funny when you look at it now because if you get a decision for example that goes against you mm. you think you know that's just so wrong that's definitely a penalty or <laughs> he's offside and he's scored but it's kind of made like you say it's the spontaneousness of football which is so different to other sports like cricket and where they've got the bird's eye view and they've got all that type of stuff I mean I don't know it's, and rugby it's, it's, I know which, and is rugby. Which, which is obviously you know been pioneering BIL for, for, for a long time I mean and, and they've you know gone one further and I wonder how long we we go until sort of we're hearing mic'd up referees and things like that which which would, would be really interesting from, from my point of view but um you know, from my experience, I mean, I, I, I don't profess to be a, a rugby expert. I mean, I, mm. I, I, if I'm honest, I've, I've been to one rugby game in my life, didn't understand what was going on. Enjoys being able to sit there and have a beer, but... Um, uh, but I've I, never I, liked it, rugby. It, it, it was stop, 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 stop. I didn't really know what was going on. And, and you know, uh, so it's hard for me, I guess, to, to judge in that sense. But, yeah, it, it, it's certainly an interesting one, isn't it? But you, you, mm. Rich, one thing that you flagged to me there was the Super Cup, and obviously something I know we've we've sort of omitted from our pre-podcast chat, mm. and maybe something you went to touch on. Perhaps I mean, how important was it for Liverpool? Um, it, do do you consider it a nice, nice to have, but not, you know? Mm. I think sometimes it's it's to do with. You know, Super Cup, you get there because you've either won the Champions League yeah. or the Europa League. So, yeah. so there's some prestige um, behind it. Yeah, there's a bit of prestige behind it. I mean, it's almost like being the undisputed champions of Europe, which is <laughs> it's more of a thing, Just which is probably just nice to say, undisputed champions of Europe. Uh, again, I think the, the opposition came into it. Being Chelsea, mm. they haven't signed anyone. Lampard's first season, we was like predicted to literally beat them. Quite easily, mm-hmm. and it didn't. It never happened. Chelsea were quite good actually. Chelsea mm-hmm. were good in that first half. Um, Kante was just unbelievable. He is like unbelievably good. Put himself about. He's just no, but he's he, yeah. Put himself about, but he carries the ball brilliantly. He's such. A, he's a very intelligent player. I don't think he gets enough credit for actually how intelligent he is. Like he can do pretty much everything in that midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Going back to the importance of it, I think it's just another trophy. Yeah. Like, you win a trophy, um, you can see at the end of the game that Liverpool players celebrated it, like, maybe not like Champions League, but it's like another trophy in a cabinet. That's two now, do you know? So, so, so you know that, I mean? that's an interesting point then. So, where would you rank it then? So, for example, if you've got, what's the most, I mean, obviously it varies from club to club, because I, mm. I'd argue probably the most important trophy for Liverpool would be Premier League. Yep. And then you'd have Champions League underneath that, UEFA Cup, Europa League, FA Cup. League Cup, you know, where where does this this Super Cup fit in that structure, as it were? Johnson Pace Trophy, you know, where where, where, where does it fit in, in, that, in that tier, as it were? No, for you? No, I mean, obviously, no, like I say, it's, it's, it's subjective because it's it subjective. depends on what club you are. But. Okay, I would say Premiership, Champions League, FA Cup, 
Even though a lot of people damn the FA Cup now, but I'll still I'm, say I'm, FA I'm Cup. I'm a big fan of the FA Cup, man. Yeah. FA Cup. I would take a Super Cup over the League Cup because right. I just would. Right. Um, and then you've got all like, you know, the World Club Cup that we're going to be competing for as well mm. in Brazil or something like that. So And then Charity Shield at the bottom, do you? And then Charity Shield at the bottom because that's just like, we didn't even... It's a glorified friendly. Well, we finished second to get into that. Yeah. We only got here because we finished second. Mm. Obviously, Man City won the Premier League and FA Cup. Mm. Um, so it's just, it, it's it's... It's a nice little trophy. I think it's like they say this trophy is actually bigger than it was before. Before you can just pick it up with one hand. Now, like you might need two. Um, and it's just good to win another trophy. I think. And what was um, important for uh, going forward, I think, is that we've had like I think the last three penalty shootouts we've lost, and it was good to see all of our boys score. Like so, five out of five, um, and it's another. Um, sort of like you know for that mentality that yeah. you know what we can go to penalties and win yeah. I mean it's another sort of barrier breach where it's like there's nothing I don't feel like this team can't do and we one thing I've noticed recently in, just in terms of our football we didn't play that great against Chelsea but our mentality now is like we can we know ourselves so well that we can basically hang in games where it's like we're not playing our best football but somehow we'll get over the line yeah. because we are a really good team well to, well, to quote Roy Hodgson I mean winning's a good habit to have to be fair so isn't it so I mean it's, it's never a bad thing to be winning no matter what competition whatever cup you know winning's a really good habit to, to be in um, and, 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 to, and to, to, to you know to, to carry on so um, yeah, yeah well done well done to Liverpool um, and talking about Liverpool obviously they played at the weekend yeah. Um, a 2-1 victory over Southampton um, talk us a bit about your, sort of your experience of that game oh you know what the, the first, it was always going to be a hard game because the, the, the game didn't finish till midnight on Wednesday uh, the players didn't get back till Thursday so you think they probably got like one one training session going into a game Southampton have had seven days to prepare for this mm-hmm. this game they played last uh, last Saturday they mentioned that actually on the Guardian Football Podcast they were talking about how they were players getting physiotherapy and massages on the on planes. the plane that's the levels that yeah. you know we're going to, to try and get the players to like go back out there and, and perform again um, so it was always kind of like a there was a banana skin waiting to happen. And what I loved about it is after the game that Klopp said, you know, this is what he said that he said to the players, that, you know, the, 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 the story's already been written about it being a banana skin like, yeah. slipping up and yeah. he wanted us, he wanted the story to be the mentality giants of coming to town and literally, you know, we've got the job done again. We've come away with three points. Mm. So, um, going back to the game, the first half was very scrappy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was always going to be um, Southampton are like a high intensity team so they they, they really uh, you know they were closing us down put us under a lot of pressure and to yeah. be honest the first half was very scrappy and then you know it, it gets to you know 45 minutes gone a couple of minutes ago and Sadio Mane comes up with something just special he picks mm. it up sort of like takes two steps to the right and just bends it in the top corner and mm. you know I think Sadio Mane is starting to become Possibly our most, I wouldn't say most important player because we've got Van Dyke, but a player that we, he's, he's our go to guy mm. at the moment. He, he, in terms of even big games, Super Cup, he scored two. <laughs> Mr. Reliable. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Reliable, yeah, he's, and, and, and the funny thing about it is this is where maybe it might come back in like later on in the season, it might affect him, but he played at the, the African Nations Cup. He yep. had like two weeks off and mm-hmm. he, you know, he looks like one of our fittest players. Um, 
Maybe that is because he hasn't lost much in terms of he hasn't had much of a break in him. Like I say, it might, it might, come back. It might impact him later on the season. Later on the season, but um, hopefully, he, not. yeah, hopefully not. Mentality-wise, um, yeah, he he he's just a brilliant fry. So you know, obviously one nil up, that gives us a spring in our step going into the second half. And then the second half, we come out and we just dominate. We dominate for the first half an hour. We're knocking it about. Oxley Chamberlain started his um, only his what his actual. Second game, he started in a Super Cup on mm. the left. It's good to see him back on the pitch again. Yeah, and he's just like, he gives us a new dimension in terms of all of our midfielders are quite similar in terms of they're quite workmanlike, but he can actually carry the ball and mm. break the lines. And he, he, I think Ox has got so much to offer us. And um, so that second half, he was he was really good. Um, and then we get the second goal, like Marnie steals it off their defender, plays it to Firmino, like he sort of cuts inside similar to Marley's goal but he puts it in the bottom corner yeah. so we're tuning up cruising and we just look at this point we just look so polished like we're just good and, um, and then and then curse, curse of the former player curse of the yeah um, Danny Ings yeah Danny Ings came back to haunt us but it was more it was, to be honest, it was more about our keeper and like you know when you see it on TV it looks obviously I won the game but it, it from the camera angle that it showed the goal, it looks like a terrible mistake because there's like um, Trent is to his right. Mm. So obviously, if it's Van Dyke, pass it back to him, yeah. back to Adrian, and somehow he decides to just pass it to Ings and Ings just scores. But I think you got to cut him a bit of slack because he has literally been thrown at the deep end at he, Liverpool. He, he, he has, you know, he only signed recently, and then obviously he's probably not trained with the boys much. And obviously that doesn't legislate for a mistake of, of that, that that sort of bread and butter stuff. At the same time, but I think yeah, you you, you do given the fact that obviously he, he did well um, on in the Super Cup despite yeah, the try, the try, Cup. trying to be taken out by one of his own fans. Oh um, yeah, that was some crazy <laughs> thing as well, man. Do you know what I mean? Like how can how can only that, you know, that, that, no that remind me back in the last season, Charlton playing at home and they scored a goal in uh, in injury time and a fan came on the pitch and it might have even been in the playoffs it was, no, I think it was just before the playoffs mm. um, a fan came in and as, as he runs over to the the, the, um, the the goal scorer he slips and pretty much just kicks him right in the bollocks oh, <laughs> and, you see, and you see the goal scorer go down like he's just celebrating he's scoring <laughs> so just, a fan's run the pitch and obviously didn't mean to but to celebrate him but I hugged him just slipped and kicked him right in the nads yeah, so, yeah. No, no. so when you see even this foot that's, like, those are some emotions to go through yeah, scoring a goal and being kicked in the nads in a matter of seconds no 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 it's nuts I mean even where this guy ran on he literally slips when he gets to like where everyone's running and he <laughs> literally slides tackles Alison in the ankle so the fact that um, Alison had a yeah, like a swollen ankle, and there was yeah. doubts. We had to sign this um, Andy Lonigan. Andy Lonigan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, like, he'd been he'd been with you in preseason anyway, so yeah. it wasn't like a completely left field thing. But um, there was talk about him obviously starting, starting the game, the game which didn't happen, which didn't happen. But um, you know, so you know, taking all into account, I mean, you got to give him a bit of a uh, you got to give him a bit of a blight for that. to Alisson happens at all top keepers, so. Yeah. You know, and like we, we always say, goalkeeper mistakes are always magnified by a million percent because of where they are on the pitch. You know, so. Yeah, that's what I was saying, man. Goalkeeper, you make a mistake, it's a goal. So, yeah. I mean, um, shout, so we out, went, shout out to the Goalkeepers Union podcast there. Yeah. <laughs> so we went from cruising, literally looking like it's going to be 3 4, to, you know, slightly panic stations where it got to the point where um, Ings had another great chance and he's shit score. Mm. Somehow he misses. I think he's just like, you know, he's still a Liverpool fan, isn't he? So he was like, nah, nah, I don't want to, you know. So, um, yeah, we ended up getting the three points. This is a massive three points, man, massive three points. Like, we're, you know, and it, and it was made sweeter by what happened to 
you know, City later on in the afternoon where they, you know, dropped a couple against Tottenham. So, um, even at this early stage, it was good. Um, And, uh, yeah, the next uh, game we're going to talk about is Palace... Yeah, why? Why it's Sheffield United? It's a shame to sort of, sort of to. to well, I don't want to. On your on your birthday weekend, man. No, mate. I don't really want to dwell too much on on this, but um, but yeah, it was it was a, it was a very poor performance from from, from Palace. To be honest with you, um, I thought the first half we did okay. Um, it was quite clear how Sheffield United had set themselves out, and almost, I guess, to an extent, I, I'm I'm I don't know, I'm still coming around to this mentality of Palace being an established Premier League club or, or someone who's been there for seven eight seasons now. So, it's. It's it's a weird feeling for me, and almost flattering when a club or a team um, sets themselves out a certain way against you, because it's almost like, all right, we know we can't beat them technically, mm. so we're going to do you know the, the niggly fouls and, and you know try try and tactically sort of tactical fouls and you know try and try and. I think yeah, I must bring home the realization that you've you now you've become a proper Premiership club. Yeah, like, you know, the teams are, it's, teams are setting it's, it's up against respect, you. It's respect, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's teams respect, are set up with a certain sort of respect, which, which is nice. I mean, which you should do. I mean, when you look at our starting line-up, you know, the, the names, I mean, from when we got promoted uh, back in 2013, you know, Wilfred Zahar, Christian Benteke, Max Mayer, Luka Milivojevic, Andros Townsend, um, Patrick Renard, Vicente Guaita, you know, you've got on the bench, you've got Jeffrey Slups, Connor Wickham's, Gary Cahill, Jordan Avery, Czechu. I mean, it, it's, when you think about it, that's not bad for a Palace team, you know. It's not bad, and I'm sure you're missing... You're missing someone at the moment. Um, Sacco and Tompkins. Right? Sacco so and Tompkins. Yeah. That's not your. That's so your yeah, centre back. Dan, Dan and Kelly, who um, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I think they did okay. I mean, for me, disappointing performances were from particularly from Max Mayer. I think he was he's far too much of a peripheral player. Um, someone who we hoped would sort of come into the fore a bit more mm. this season and, you, and be given given the chance, but I, I'm really not convinced by him. I, I really don't see he's got enough muscle. Doesn't impose himself enough on the game. I don't know if it's if it's the league. Obviously, the Bundesliga is a completely different yeah. beast, you know. And the Premier League's not more physical. He even admitted it himself. But someone who I'm 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 worried about this 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 continuing clamour from Palace fans to to for him to start where for me clearly is a much better impact sub. Than, than a starting player. Yeah, I mean, you've highlighted this like loads of times in terms yeah. of like what you think of Max May. I mean, I haven't seen. I, I can't say I've seen the, the, that much of him. But what? How would you describe him in terms of? Is he? He's not really that quick, is he? Or so he's, he's got. He's, good he's, he's got a turn of pace. He, he can sort of get off. Get off the, the, the. You never see him as a sprinter, but he's got a very good turn of pace because he he tends to sort of play in just inside of, of, of inside a, a left three or, or or four. He sort of tucks in. He never really plays on the wing. Um, I think he really wants to play sort of behind the front two. Like number shoot. ten, yeah. Which to, to I guess to an extent, if 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 Luca drops back, he can sort of push forward a bit more, and MacArthur's there to do the work from night stuff as well. But yeah, he's he's a very he's a very very technically gifted player. He's got a good turn of pace. He's he's got good very good close control, very good ball control. You can see he's got a a, a clever footballing brain in the sense that the passes that he wants to play, and he links up really well with Wilf. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's I think you're going to get found out in the Premier League if if you don't have that not the dirty side of the game but you know you need you need to be able to yeah, track you need back to be, you need to be you a need presence to, you, you need you need to get stuck in because otherwise you become too much of a luxury and a passenger which you can't afford to have in a Crystal Palace team you know we're not Man United we're not Chelsea we're not Liverpool we can't have these players um, that that don't track back that don't get physically involved in the game. Do you know what saying that though? I mean, let me ask you a question. I, I feel from just watching football over the last maybe last season um, going into this. 
that almost like that number 10, you know that player used to get that literally, you know, your defensive duties are sort of like, uh, you abandon your defensive duties yeah. and you're just sitting at number 10. feels like that position is going out of the game. To, to an extent, yeah. Like everyone needs to be doing something more than just doing a crater. You need to be... Like you say, putting getting your foot stuck in, yeah, yeah. and being and for, and for me, that's where I think. I mean, Czech Hute has obviously come back from the African Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. Senegal lost on obviously in the, in the final, so he played right up until the last minute. Um, he captained Senegal, so I think he's the sort of player that that really he, he can get the ball and drive it forward. But I don't think he's fit enough yet. But I mean, you're going back to the game. Mm-hmm. First off, we did okay. Um, Benteke had a decent chance. Um, but he's again. He's he sort of barren run continues, and he looks. Uh, he looks. He, I I think he actually looks a bit brighter. But second half, um, I think a couple of minutes in, uh, Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United got their goal, and then pretty much shut up shop. Did uh, and, and, we, and, and we didn't have enough guile and, and attacking sort of confidence to beat them or break them down so I mean fair you've got to give credit to Sheffield United in the way that they set out they knew what they were going to do and I think tactically they were very astute and we were just not in our game and when you have that it's, it's really it was only ever going to go one way we never really looked like getting back into the getting game getting back into the game yeah so, I mean are you have you got any concerns <laughs> over your start to I think, the season I think, yeah, I think no, not, no not, not in terms of the start of the season because we're two games in you know I, I, yeah, I, always, I, mean, I always say I'll, I'll give my um, judgement sort of 10-12 games in and even then I mean Palace two seasons ago Seven games, no no goals, no 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 points. No you know, points, we still yeah. we still you know finish eleventh. So, um, I, I think any Palace fan would say there are two key areas that we need to strengthen the transfer window, and that was obviously replacing a right back in Aaron Wan-Bissak. Obviously, he went to Man United, and we needed a centre forward in the sense that Michi Bashuai obviously went back to Chelsea, and uh, we lost Alexander Serlot to Transfer in uh, in Turkey. Who he's now scored three and three. I can only assume that we had someone lined up because I can't believe you let him go without that. So attacking wise, I think it is something where we need uh, something a bit different because Benteke and Wickham are obviously big blokes. They're similar style. Yeah, similar. Yeah, big, big, big blokes. You know, obviously I'm not going to say say the same level of ability, but and then you've got Wilfred Zaha, Jordan I, who's a work one night player, but he's not going to score your sort of twelve goals, fifteen goals a season that you want. Um, Sometimes you want a diminutive sort of striker, that someone that he could just do that, you know, different. I mean, I think with Palace, because you've got such big blokes. I mean, they try to do it with Zaha, having like the, the big and little sort of thing. He's quick, you know, particularly wings to flick on. Yeah, but Zaha, I think everyone would agree, he's better off pushed it out further out wide rather than, than sort of up front because he gets starved of service almost when when Palace aren't playing well, balls aren't getting up to him. Zaha doesn't play well. This is what happens. Yeah, I mean, so it, that sort of player now can defoe maybe star I'm obviously not him but in that sort of I know what you mean I mean a a, a small quick player I think someone like Zahar he needs to be picking up the ball where he's not waiting for someone to give him the ball Mm. he needs to get it maybe from the left don't get me wrong if Mm. you're not getting positioned even from the left hand side he'll be uh, you know possibly nearer to as ineffective as being a striker but I think in this way sort of you know we're obviously looking at that line up now and I think he could easily of probably you know played down that left um, and probably had more of an effect than Max Meyer because when you've got pace yeah. down the wings you can really sort of hurt a team um, yeah yeah totally so, yeah totally I agree, I so, so that was the story of the match and the second half you just couldn't really yeah, get yeah that day they scored and that, and that was it really to and, 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 but it was good to see things like um, James uh, MacArthur uh, McCarthy sorry came on um, 
uh, and obviously was on the, on the end of a, a quite a nasty challenge and he reacted badly and got booked for that um, uh, Colin Wickham came on and got 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 sort of 15 to 10 minutes or so and, and Jeffrey Schluck came in as well but I mean yeah it, it's it's hard to see where the goals are going to come from unless someone you know Benteke gets one going off his arse and then all of a sudden you know that's that's a confidence but it's a daunting um Prospect when you were going to Old Trafford on Saturday and you oh is that Old Trafford on Saturday yeah you thinking we still haven't scored a goal and we're going into the third Premier League game of the season I think you know if any sometimes you need to play on the biggest I mean you probably thrive more at Old Trafford than away at Sheffield United oh, you're definitely, do you know what I mean you're definitely underdogs there of course yeah um, I'd love to see Ben Taker hit a double that'd be nice a bit, a bit of a, a, a recreation of that um, Liverpool overhead kick that he did oh uh, that goal uh, that must have been out four five seasons ago now bloody hell yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was yeah there we go. I mean um, <clears throat> one thing I'd go, you know going back to the to Liverpool at the moment um, yeah one thing I would like to point out stats wise just for listeners one game lost in 40 league games that's mad mm-hmm. that is like how we've become so strong mm. um, I can't remember I've never been I, I can't remember us being as good as a Liverpool fan Seriously, like, and you can see it even when we're playing, and all right, you probably, you, yeah, I know, you might think I'm being not, not cocky, but even on the TV, you can hear the fans just champ, shout, um, chanting, We are the champions, champions of Europe. And it's a big, it's almost like you can see it within the players that even if we're not playing good, we can still get over the line. And I think, I'll tell you what, I still think in my heart to heart, I can't see anyone beating City to, for the league. Yeah. I think City yeah. are just unbelievable, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. the fact that we're right up there now just feels good, you know? Yeah, yeah. So to get that point. All right, no, that's a good place to have a, a quick break, I think, uh, and then we'll come back and discuss the rest of the weekend's action. Hello and welcome back to the Six Point Podcast. Um, Rich, we said we're going to cover some of the rest of the weekend's action. Um yeah. No, notable result was obviously uh, Norwich three, Newcastle one. Mister Pookie, who we we spoke about last week and 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 in previous pods as well, um, coming good and scoring his first Premier League hat trick, uh, and and obviously his his first Norwich's first hat trick I think in the Premier League since nineteen ninety three. You know what? He was impressive in the game um, against us at Anfield. Like his goal, he took his goal really well. And his, yeah. his movement is good. Like his movement, he's a really like you, you don't score. Who knows? You might go ten goals, ten games now without mm. scoring. But yeah. that hat trick was a really good hat trick as well. Yeah, he took his he took his chances really well. And, and certainly, um, he seems like one of those players that potentially is getting better as he gets older. Obviously, he's not a young man. He's twenty nine years old, and he's he's obviously been around. He was at Seville for a bit for a bit. Obviously, people say he flopped at, at Celtic. Um, went went to Bromby, did really well, and obviously got his move to Norwich from there. Um, so he's he's been around a bit. Um, yeah. When he played for Helsinki uh, at the start of his his career in his native Finland. So, um, yeah, no, certainly one of those players who I think is is almost got that Glenn Murray syndrome in a sense. They're sort of getting better with age, and you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. He, if if he's if he's not going to score, he's certainly going to work hard for you. And I think as well, Norwich. You know, one thing that stood out for me is that Norwich um, from you know watching them at Anfield, they play really <coughs> good football. They play some really good football, and that shows. I mean, Newcastle. I'm not sure about Steve Bruce anyway. I think he's always been like probably decent manager, mm. but is he a Premiership manager? I'm not sure about. I don't. That. I don't think he really inspires a lot of confidence, does he? Um, and I think 
that's what some Newcastle fans have, have an issue with is is the the sort of perceived lack of ambition of a CEO. This is <coughs> obviously other issues with the club, um, and this sort of the appointment of Steve Bruce sort of kind of compounded things a little bit for Newcastle fans, which is which is a real real shame for for a club of that size of that of that history, you know. Well, what, to be in a predicament really isn't it no definitely I mean what they were saying is that like sort of Newcastle have been playing with championship players for the last two years in terms of like you know a lot of their players are pretty much championship players and well not now I mean you can't go on and spell, spend you know 25 of them Adam St. Maxim and yeah Maxim obviously Maxim and Joe Luton as well you know I think it's fair to say that that's a championship squad I mean the goalkeeper Dubrovnik is a very good goalkeeper as well the serving I think he's he's definitely Premier League standard so they've got some good players throughout the the team I just think certain areas at the back where you know or even in the midfield they've got they've got a few players but I, I, I feel like Benitez tactics was probably their biggest strength your manager is your biggest strength I think it will really come out now um, exactly how what the job he did, how great yeah. the tactician Benitez is, and yeah. how he can set up a team to sort of make sure you get like a result. Yeah. And if you can't set your team up to get a result, um, it showed with like you know Fulham last season coming up spending hundred mil might even happen to Villa again this season. Uh, you can have all the players in the world, but if you haven't got that right system that allows you to get results, especially in the Premiership, because the Premiership is like cutthroat. Yeah. If you there's no you know, room for error, is there? No room for error. You will get punished and. I can see Newcastle struggling a bit unless they um, turn it around real quick. I mean, there's still like some players they got. I think John Joe Shelby. I think he's he's quality. I think he's such a great technical footballer. Um, bit of a hothead. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like he, even for Liverpool, he got sent off a couple of times. Yeah. Though, but he's a good. Um, you know, they, like I said, they've made a few investments. So it's, it's early days. You know, you don't want to jump to too many conclusions. But um, I think it's, you know, a good uh, segue into what we're going to talk well, about you, next. You mentioned, you mentioned Villa, didn't you? And I, I wanted to t- went to touch on the, on the Villa game because obviously they lost two um, one at home to Bournemouth. Not the best start for for Villa back at back at back at Villa Park. You know, obviously two minutes in, uh, in a minute, I think it was a Josh King penalty and then a Harry, uh, Harry Wilson goal. Um, product of Liverpool, Liverpool Academy. So uh, he scored after twelve minutes, didn't he? And, and Things were looking not great for 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 um, Villa at that yeah. point, um, but then Douglas, uh, we've, we've we spoke about it. goal goal of the weekend for me wasn't he? Absolute fantastic strike. We're about 20, 20 minutes to go, but it was too little, too late, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, just what a goal that was! Just behind Mane with the goal of the weekend, but, just no. behind you reckon? <laughs> no, no, that was goal of the weekend. Oh, but right I, I feel like you know Villa. I watched the game last week against Tottenham, mm. and uh, you know I really like that Jack Gre- uh, Grealish. I yeah. think he's like a. He, Technically, I love players that look really good on the ball. He looks really good. You'd like Max Mann. <laughs> oh, well, I would. Um, but it shows that, you know, Bournemouth are quite an established premiership team now themselves. Yeah, they've been yeah. here for like the last, what, four seasons? Four, five? Four, four, three or four now, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, Villa, they're going to find it tough. They, you know, they signed quite a few players, but... It's just it just shows that the premiership is different, you know, different, different beast, fish, man. Different yeah, beast, yeah, different beast, man. So, um, yeah, and um, you know, talking about how you know teams are going to find it hard, I think is you know we're going to go and talk about like Chelsea and Lampard. Yep. I mean, what what do you think of like the the first two games? Do you think there's been an overreaction, or do you think it's um, warranted? 
everything's a hyperbole, isn't it? In 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 the Premier League, and I think my view always was, and I think I've I expressed it in the pod before that I didn't think that someone like Lampard should be getting a Chelsea job anyway. Um, he's got a little bit of leeway, I think, in the sense that obviously they got the transfer ban, so it's not that excuse, but there's there's that sort of that going to be that little bit of extra inch uh, of sort of patience going to be given to him by the fans, opposed yeah. to. Obviously, got a Solskjaer Man United spent so much money. Um, I mean, I two, I, two two games of the season, mate. It's, it's it's not really easy to to sort of to to call anything. I do like the fact that um, they they rely more on their their youth, you know, and for, and for the last sort of four or five years, Chelsea have sort of loaned out. 25, 30, 30, players, 30, 30 players, I mean... And you're, you're starting to see some of them come through now, and obviously, you know, the the the, 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 the young kid who um, who was at Mount, who got, got the goal. Yeah, Mount, he looks really good. I mean, he was good when he came on in the Super Cup as well. Yeah. Like, just like determination uh, an effective to stay in, player. Yeah, determination to stay in his feet as well for his goal. You know, you have, you have to admire it, don't yeah. you? And, and it's nice to see youngsters coming through and, and taking their chances, I guess, which is a positive I'd, I'd take from the whole Chelsea situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, one thing I think is is always good when you see youngsters coming through, but I love players who are actually effective. He's actually effective. Like, mm. he's actually, you know, good on the ball. He's, he's got, like, he took his penalty. His penalty was, like, top bin, like, mm. quality. Um, and uh, I think... Lampard, I don't know if you'd agree with him, but he's coming at um, the weakest point of Abramovich's era. Mm-hmm. Because they, no, obviously they've got the transfer thing, they've lost their, you know, probably star man, star man, Hazard, yeah. probably yep. star man in the Premiership, like Hazard. Yep. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's harsh to judge Lampard yet, because I think Chelsea have actually played good football against United, alright, 4 0 yep. doesn't reflect it, but they played well in that game, they played well against us in the Super Cup. I think yesterday it shows once again that in the Premiership if you don't take your chances while you're on top or if you don't get number two there's always a chance of getting pegged back. Yeah. Yesterday's game was funny though because I don't know if you saw it but Chelsea were like cruising and then once Leicester got into it Leicester started dominating the game pretty much. You know mm. They had some good chances Madison had one chance over the bar. Where... Especially in the second half they really came into their own didn't they? Yeah. Second half yeah. they were really good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's too early to judge Lampard but I think he's, he, there's no doubt that he's going to have um, it's going to be a tough season. Definitely, mate. Definitely, and there'll be ups and downs. I'm sure that like, sort of it'll be the typical football fan thing that you know if he wins three games at a bounce, he's a messiah. If he's loses three games at a bounce, he, he needs to go out the door. You know what I mean? It's just it's just the way it is, I guess, isn't it? But um, but yeah, I, I just 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 sticking on football. Obviously, I, I want to jump other side of the North Sea for a moment and obviously talk about the Espia game at the weekend. They 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 won the first. Um, uh, the first game in the Danish Super League, beating Lingby, one uh, 0 with ten men. Um, Pal Marcus Houtsy scoring, scoring the, the 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 goal in the first half, and important for them because they've had a difficult start to the season, uh, losing I think the first game at Midland away to a very late goal. Um, looked like they were cruising at home to Holgrove in the second second game of the season, and again another late goal. I I obviously went out to watch them in the Europa League. Um, unfortunately, nil nil draw against uh, uh, FT Shakhtar Sologorsk of Belarus. They um, they obviously lost the uh, the other the first leg two nil. Um, Norseland two nil lost one nil to OB four nil to Olborg. So it's been a difficult start considering the way they 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 sort of ended last season so strongly. Obviously finishing. Um, in getting that position in 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 the Europa League for for Denmark and obviously a shame that that both them and and Bromby have gone out um because obviously that that really affects um Denmark's coefficient ranking and I was talking to 
David Hilfty, friend of the pod, who talks about, you know, you had a Falkirk as well who, who went out in the in the first um, qualifying round, I think, to some, I think it was the New Saints of, of Wales, actually. And that really hurt, hurt Scottish football because it means their coefficient ranking goes down. So it could, could mean that there's one less. I mean, if you, if you put it in our sort of, um, in the Premier League sort of um, stance, it, it's potentially you could lose seventh place or sixth place getting the Europa League. So, you know, so it all has an effect and it's another reason why we should always be, you know, I never really understand people who don't uh, champion sort of other other teams, English teams in Europe, um, because you you want them to go well to to maintain um, the Premier League in England's sort of status in Europe, I think. Um, I understand (coughs) it's a a rival, it's difficult, (coughs) but, you know. Well, it just shows that, I mean, you know, even from the, the... You know your league is everything that you you know you play. And when you go into Europe, it's like a different kettle of fish. It's like Celtic, you know they can win treble, treble, yeah. and they can't get out. They can't get into the Champions League group, and yeah. it shows that going to the playoffs of the Europa League now. Yeah. Europa League. If, if you want to go to a higher level, you look at someone like Paris Saint Germain who dominate their league. They've bought you know crazy money, but when it comes to because the, maybe the standard in their league is not um, the league league one, whatever it's called. It's Ooh, not league one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is um you know they're playing teams that they batter every week yeah. that it shows yeah. that you know you need to have that um competitiveness to to be able to compete against these top sides. But in uh, a sense, I mean, you have that in every league, don't you? Man City, Liverpool's they they, they come across other teams. You know, some with in a league of their own. In Denmark, you got Copenhagen, obviously, who ran away with it last season. Mission and you know push them close. Did um, Copenhagen make the Champions League? Yes, I, Sorry, yeah, maybe, yeah, I think yeah. I think they're th- I think they're still in it. I, I didn't look. Um, uh, they're getting. I might be playing tonight. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, they're they're still in the qualifying. Um, you know, it's 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 yeah. It's, it's you always have in France, obviously, like you mentioned, PSG. So I think in every every league you've got that 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 powerhouse, as it were. Um, but yeah, like you say, it, it's it's what the standard of the other teams are. Definitely, and that's, I think that's why the Premiership is the watch most league because yeah. like out of all of the you know, you've got like now you've got you know top six mm. where it's, quality is quite high I mean like yeah. in terms of you know you got if you look at Germany you've got um, Bayern Munich Dortmund like you say you have got PSG I don't know who's really changing them now Monaco or someone like that um, Marseille, Rain, like that Marseille day, yeah. Rangers Celtic um, and then you've got obviously like the, the, the countries that have probably haven't got that much money in terms of like Netherlands. Well, it's TV Spain, money, isn't it? Yeah. That's, 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 what, that's why the Premier League, they say, is the best league in the world because it's got the most money because it's broadcast across the world um, and and produces the best football and the best goals, which brings us on to the Puskas Award, which oh, is, the nominations yeah, have come out today. And, and Andrus Townsend is obviously up there for his, his absolute thunderbolt volley uh, against Man City. Um, which meant the Palace were, Palace were the own, only team to, to win at the Etihad last season. Just, um, just to let you know that Salah won this award last year for a really good He did, mate, he did, yeah. he did. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, yeah, he's up against Salah, he's up against uh, Ronaldo, Messi, things like that. But, I mean, if Townsend can bring it home, then that'd be fantastic. That'd be, it, mean, it won't happen because you can vote online and everyone will vote for Barcelona and, and Real Madrid players. But, I mean, if you could imagine Andrew Townsend winning the Puskas, it would be fantastic. Do you know what? I, um, when I first saw that goal, I just thought, that is like a one in a million trillion. You couldn't have hit it perfectly. Even even he he's he's asked about it now, and he says, you know, couldn't do it again if I tried. No, no way, man. He, 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 he said, "I've never God. struck a ball 
so sweet you know yeah. he, he just knew like, uh, no. obviously it's not a fluke there's technique and there's, there's, there's a skill behind it but oh, of course it's a, it's a one one in a lifetime goal, one in a lifetime I think he's got to win it because I don't know um, I've seen some good goals across Europe but I don't think one can beat that just for the technique mm. on the volley first time 30 yards top bin unbelievable. you can't really beat that do you know what I mean so Come on, Townsend, bring it home to Chrome. That'd be nice, mate. That'd be nice. All right. Well, uh, best of luck for the rest of the week, then, mate. Uh, the Liverpool are playing on. We've got uh, so we've got a full week now. Uh, full week, and we've got um, the Gooners, mate. The resurgence Gooners who are starting to like get a bit loud, but we're gonna. I think we're gonna take care of the Manfield. I mean, yeah. last season we beat him five one. Not a you know. I just feel like they. They. I don't know if you saw what Emery said. He said like. Um, Unai Emery, he was like, uh, basically, like, we, do, we don't really want to play Liverpool. But he's <laughs> joking about, but he said it, it's got a risk, got a risk. Like, to be honest with you, we, we like, batted them 5-1 last season. Yeah. Um, I think they know, you know, they got, they they were a great transfer winner, but they got still got like David Luiz at the back, yeah. who I think is you know, prone to an error or two. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Who, who have you guys got? So we are just, got a nice easy trip to Old Trafford, mate. I think you can sort out, you know, that old traffic. Give them their first defeat. It will hurt a lot of Palace fans to see Aaron Wembasaka in a a Man United shirt lining up against uh, Crystal Palace. So uh, no no doubt that will make him raise his game even more. He won't get any stick. I'm sure he'll get a good reception. But um, yeah, it's going to be a strange experience to see uh, a a, a local lad um, who's obviously come through uh, playing for Manchester United of all teams. yeah, that's my yeah, that's a bit. But there we go. Um, so, yeah. I think we'll leave you there then. Um, yeah, and we'll, I'll be back next Monday with a round-off of uh, the weekend's action and obviously uh, talking about how Palace have absolutely spanked Man United 5-0. Yeah, Liverpool beating uh, Arsenal 9-1. Lovely. Well, enjoy your week. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>